Welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your host, work-life fit expert, Deb Crow. Join Deb every week as she interviews the co-authors from all over the globe. They'll share their insights into self-empowerment with their personal stories and real-life experiences that will help your own personal development and touch every area of your life. Join Deb every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, good evening, everyone. It's Wednesday, April the 19th, 2017. Truly delighted to be back with you for a second time this week on our normal time slot, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. And I want to talk to you for a moment about the word community because I think it's extremely fitting for our interview tonight. And if we look at the, the real definition of community, it's a group of people that live in the same place or have a particular characteristic in common. And when I think about the change book community, which is now on book 14, we are now in over 25 countries. All of the co-authors have contributed their brilliance, whether they're an author, a speaker, a trainer, a coach. And what they've essentially done is catapulted themselves into this community. And we've become a community offering insights into self-empowerment. And each chapter that each of these 250-plus authors have written so beautifully and contributed to our community have offered powerful, thought-provoking insights. And they allow you to enjoy the journey of life where we find self-discovery, personal change, and it can be to one element of your life or many elements of your life. And the reason I'm starting tonight's show with this is that Charlene Renault lives one hour away from my city. She lives in Chatham, Ontario, which is halfway between London, Ontario, where I live, and Windsor, Ontario, which borders the United States in Detroit, Michigan. So here we are, one hour drive away, and we didn't even know of each other, yet we are both professional speakers, we are authors, we are coaches, and we joined the Change Book Series community, and that is how our paths have crossed. So let me give you a little insight into Charlene Renault. She is a proud member of CAPS, which is the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. She is also a proud member of the Global Speakers Foundation. She is a certified life coach with the Certified Coaches Federation. And I can tell you firsthand that she has a wealth of experience in her own life that she brings forward to teach and help people to live a positive, healthy lifestyle that is filled with personal growth and is centered on self-love and truth. Charlene has developed a keen interest into drug education and drug abuse prevention, and that has come from all of her vocational pursuits and her career. And she's also witnessed firsthand how mental health can really, really affect someone when it's coupled with drug abuse. And that's been a challenging and damaging effect. Witnessed, but also helped. Charlene is truly community. She is a professional singer, and she's performed at hundreds of events 
And I had the utmost honor and privilege to collaborate with her last week at an event that she had that I want her to tell you all about. And not only seeing her on stage and witnessing her brilliance, but sharing the stage with her is a memory that I will have for the rest of my life. So Charlene, welcome to the Change Book Radio Show. Thank you, Deb. Thank you so much for having me on the show tonight. I am completely honored. Thank you so much. Well, it's so serendipitous that we booked your radio show, not even realizing that it was the week after your great event. So I want to jump right in, and I'd love for you to share with the listeners. Tell them about the event that you hosted last Thursday in Chatham, what your goal was, what your vision was from two years ago, and and what transpired last Thursday night in Chatham. Yes, it was an absolute uh, fantastic event, and and I was so grateful to have you there, and you certainly, uh, the collaboration with the the change and meeting you, and it's opened so many doors, and, you know, we've become friends, and uh, it's just fabulous. The show was called the Charlene and Co. Celebrate Victory Event. So I wanted to bring ordinary people to the stage and have them share uh, life challenges and life experiences and dreams that they've achieved. So, you know, in spite of uh, setbacks or failure, changes in life, you know, the many things that happened to us, they still pursued their goals or they looked you know, at life through a different lens. And sometimes what we feel may be something that's not good for us or bad for us today may turn out to be a blessing in disguise in many other ways. And uh, I ended up having, um, I had yourself and I had uh, three other speakers, uh, uh, people from Chatham, and I made it like a talk show format. And I always had the dream of having a talk show. And uh, actually, when I was talking to Jim Lutz, he suggested having a signature event. And last fall, I attended Tony Robbins in California, and that really pushed me to go after my dreams along with the mentoring of Jim and Jim and all the great collaboration through the change is to do those things that we may, you know, be fearful of or how am I going to do this, how am I going to do that? And just put all the things that I've learned on the table and then bring new creativity and new ideas into an event. Because I really wanted to duplicate the excitement that I felt last fall and to have other people uh, feel that excitement and, you know, to really focus on the things uh, that they're very um, good at and the beautiful gems and diamonds that we each have in, in, in all of us and to use those things to bless other people. It was awesome. And in the event, uh, we had over 100 people, and it was a lot of fun. We had, it was very interactive as well. So we, the, the, the audience wasn't just sitting and listening, which was nice. There was a lot of great things, very empowering things, a lot of enthusiasm. But they really connected with us. And, and you can attest to this. When I was speaking, uh, interviewing you, and you were talking, how there was such a great synergy in the room and everybody was connecting at a different level because it was okay to have faults. It was okay 
to share things that we thought that we could share with other people that, you know, may make us feel like, oh, I'm ashamed to even tell somebody that. And that's how we grow in life is through purging all this stuff and, and, and uh, sharing with others what we have learned through this experience, through this journey, and always empowering other people to step into their greatness and there's things that we all we are all blessed with and we can share with others to help others in their journey uh, on earth here well i agree the event was inspiring when each of the speakers spoke you could have dropped a pin in the room and there was just a beautiful calm energy and I think the word that I left with on Thursday night was relatability because we all share in different elements of emotion, whether it be fear or apprehension or disappointment. And I think having a professional speaker get up on stage and really just felt their heart say, here's what's happened, but it didn't define me. It didn't succumb me. This is the strategies I use to get over it. I think that offered your audience hope. And I really know after the fact when we were all our tables with our books, people were wanting to continue the dialogue. So it just further shows the need, Charlene, of this type of event. And I hope you're going to do something like this again. I definitely do, and that night a lot of people were asking me, when's the next event? And I was like, well, I'll have to rest for a while. And, but uh, i definitely like to do it again because I, I'm getting so much positive feedback and still to, you know, today people sending me emails and I actually had a call from a, a local school and one of the teachers attended the event and shared with the staff that she was just so inspired, and now they're asking me to come and do an event for the staff uh, throughout the school board, which is very exciting. And um, we also, the crowd was, we had music, very interactive, getting people up and dancing. And we actually had a couple people get on stage that never expected that they would ever stand on a stage in front of people and talk. When I asked somebody to come up and share a challenge in their life and how they overcame. And uh, we had uh, a young lady come up and share, you know, how she had gone through losing her job and starting a new career in something that she really loved to do and how successful that became. And like you said, you could hear a pin drop every time someone was speaking because the audience was very connected. And then she shared with us how she had breast cancer and how she has uh, she's now uh, cancer free well if you could you see the eyes in that in the room that night everyone was just in tears and then we all stood up and cheered for her and it was so powerful and after the event she came up to me and said when you asked for someone to to share a challenge my hand just went up And I looked at my hand, and the next thing you know, I'm up on the stage. (laughs) So it was, you know, the shyness was taken away that night. So we had people dancing, laughing, 
engaging, being inspired, sharing and singing songs together. And then each of you shared, you know, your triumphs and, and tragedies in your life and how, you know, the things that we can do uh, to stay on track. You know, it's inevitable that in life we're going to get knocked off our path. You know, we're going to, you know, experience things that are pleasant, but we also have to look at all the blessings that we have and to be grateful for all the things that we have in our lives today. And and I was really happy that you also arranged to get the five-minute journal to share with everyone there. And I've been journaling every day since the event, and I'm finding it, it's, it's very soulful and it's, it's a good way to remain balanced and, you know, look at the positives in life. Well, you just said my favorite word. You know I love balance. And I didn't tell you, but I wanted to figure out a strategy to go and visit Alex and UJ, who are the co-founders of the 5-Minute Journal. So when they shipped you two shipments by mistake, I now realized that we are now going to book a day off, and we're going to go on a road trip, and we're going to go there. And I think you and I will have an impact because you're a new journal user and I've been using it for a year next month and it is life changing because when you can dedicate that five minutes in the morning and five minutes at night, my favorite part is, and I shared this with your audience, I'm setting the tone for my whole day before my feet hit the floor And then when I decide to turn in for the evening, I'm looking at that renewal of my intention from the morning. And there is that space to write, what could you have changed? And I have never to this day written on that line because what I set is what I set and I don't waver from it. And it's it's truly a powerful journal. And I was I was thrilled, and I've, I've had a couple of emails from a couple of people uh, from your event uh, who I gave a couple to that didn't get and were not VIPs, and they've said the same thing to me. So I think when you pay it forward, like anything else, you always get it back in tenfold, and, and that always doesn't come in a monetary way, and for me... To know that many, many people left your event with those journals, I I just think was just an extra value add to who you are, Charlene, to your event, to your brand, that it wasn't about money. It was about inspiration, gratitude, pausing in the moment, and the community of people that attended. I think that's how they left your event. That, That was my impression of just people just felt a relief, and I think we filled up their emotional bank of happiness. Excellent. Yes, we did, Deb. Yep, and I really appreciate uh, everything that you did and and helping and setting up all the little, you know, intricate little things that we did before the event and how important everything was, and it just made it all very uh, powerful from the time they walked into the room till the time they left. Deb, are you still there? We have the we have the community of the change who has given us 
that like-mindedness to collaborate and help each other. Yes. And and I'm happy tonight that um, this is the first interview since I've come back on the show that we have had many occurrences. I mean, you have been to my home for an event with all the Ontario Change co-authors. I've now been to your home, helped you with the event. So really, you can do as little or as much as you want within this change book community. Yes, that's so my, true. And we, yeah. I wanted to ask you, what was what was the draw for you? Like, why did you, what was the final decision that you wanted to come into this community? And, and what did you envision for yourself and your business? Well, this is the way that the universe works. It's interesting because at the time that Jim and Jim contacted me, I was in the process of writing a full book called The Piñata Theory. And when they approached me and they they told me about the book and the collaboration, and I did a little bit of research, you know, just to check things out. And uh, I, at random, picked different people that had been in previous change books, and one of them was you. <laughs> so I was like, wow, she lives in London. And I contacted a couple of other people in different parts of the world, and they all had rave reviews about it. And I decided that it was an excellent investment, and it has paid tenfold, hundredfold. And just the, the, the connections that I've made. And it was a lot easier for me to start uh, in a chapter versus starting with a full book. It kind of got my feet wet a bit. And I like the format of the book that there's 20 authors, you know, coaches, and people from different expertise around the world contributing to the book. So the person gets a lot of short stories. So one night they could read one chapter and, you know, the next chapter. Because one person said to me, I really don't like to read long books. So this is perfect because every every chapter has a different story and a different uh, life tip. So I, I, I took advantage of the opportunity and I was in perfect timing because it was my uh, way of getting into being an author within a book, and now I, I know that much more in order to complete my Pinata Theory book that's coming out this year. And, of course, as you said, uh, there's been a lot of great uh, connections through that book, and that you cannot put a price on. I, I agree with you. There's There's no price on a great relationship that continues to grow and to flourish. Now, I am in book five, but I also surprised you and didn't tell you that I wrote another chapter in book 12, which is what you're in. And mm-hmm. I just would like, I'd like to read uh, a paragraph out of your uh, chapter that really resonated with me. And then I'd love for you to give the listeners insight into the pinata theory i don't want to spoil alert and take away from your full book but i'm just going to read a paragraph now so charlene renault is in book 12 and her chapter is called the pinata theory what's stuffed inside of you and here's one chapter that i think is a nice overview so here we go let us now consider a metaphor 
The inside of a piñata is stuffed with goodies, and in order to get the gems, one must burst it open. Think of yourself as a piñata and ask yourself, what is stuffed inside me? stuffed or downloaded with masses of information, beliefs, pictures, experiences, and so on. All of your stuffing is stored in your data bank. In order to crack your piñata's code, you need to look at what you were stuffed with by examining what has been downloaded. Determine if it is good stuffing, bad stuffing, factual stuffing, silly stuffing, family dynamic stuffing, cultural stuffing, self-imaging stuffing, unhealthy stuffing, religious stuffing, defluff into trunk. Remember, you had no control over most of what you downloaded. You were a baby pinata with no filter and you absorbed everything. So Charlene, take us back to the mindset of create this metaphor and lead you to write the chapter in the change book, which is going to turn into a full book being released in October of this year. Thank you, Deb. I, it all began when I had a broken chooser, which meant that I had an unhealthy way of choosing partners. I was very much a codependent which I had learned through my childhood. And that ended up with uh, relationships that weren't healthy for me to the point where I had uh, uh, mental health issues to the extreme. And at that time when everything fell apart, so we think things fall apart, but they turn out to be for the better in the long run, is it gave me an opportunity to examine uh, myself and ask instead of saying, you know, putting the emphasis on the other person, we look at ourselves and what is it inside of me that I need to change so I make healthy decisions for myself. So I decided to get counseling and it was awesome. I got a lot of very good counselors. They told me to read books. I'd I'd order the books. I'd read it front to cover and just absorbed everything and, and then I got into another relationship, and again, my chooser was still broken. I thought I was cured of my addiction of fixing people, but obviously I wasn't. So I then decided, okay, this is deep. This is rooted deep inside of me, so I need to examine this so I can finally cure myself of the, the addiction of fixing people. So I ended up getting a psychologist through our EAP program, And uh, he's actually from Quebec, and his name is Manny, and he was just phenomenal. He was funny. Uh, He was like a mix of Dr. Phil with uh, just a really funny comedian. Like, he had a great sense of humor. But when he said things, he made his point, and it really struck home with me. And uh, so I had to dive deep into my subconscious, basically. I had to really find out why these patterns were repeating themselves. So we have to examine our own life, and why do we have patterns of things that we do that are not serving us or that are unhealthy? So after doing that, 
I ended up talking to a friend and I told her that I had to basically burst open my subconscious mind like bursting open a piñata. And she said, Charlene, I like that. And I said, I like that too. I think I'll write a book. So I, I, I've, re- I've read probably hundreds of books and I, and I always wanted to write a book and I thought what a perfect thing to talk about is you know, relationships and having healthy relationships. So through our life, everything that we've ever seen, which you've mentioned all the influences that we have in our life are all downloaded, and I call it into our data bank, into our subconscious mind. And uh, those things affect who we are today. And not all things are unhealthy. There's a lot of very, you know, good things that have been downloaded into us or that we have... Um, have experienced in our life, and it's very important to hold on to those brilliant gems that we have inside. But there's things that may hold us back, may um, make us fearful about, you know, trying new things or, you know, just getting up on stage and talking or trying a business or being an entrepreneur, any of these things that we just are reserved about. So somewhere in that subconscious mind, something saying, you know, you can't, or maybe way back when someone said to you, oh, you can't do that, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough. So everything that goes into that subconscious mind is very powerful because when we're faced with a new situation today, automatically these things crop up in our mind because they're stored into our subconscious. And that subconscious data bank doesn't have any filters. So everything is downloaded. The subconscious mind doesn't say, well, you know, that's not the truth or that's wrong, that's not nice. It automatically gets downloaded into the subconscious mind. So there's no filter. And, and growing up as babies, you know, and as young, young adults, we had no filters. Everything was downloaded. So we are a product of our environment for a big part, but that doesn't mean that we can't change our life today regardless of what's happened in the past. And I I talk a lot about the conscious mind and how we can consciously surround ourselves with positive influences. We can consciously stop before we react to a situation where in the past may have, you know, hurt ourselves or hurt someone, someone else. So it's about conscious awareness and recognizing those things that we experienced in the past and how they're not serving us today and making a new healthy choice today and constantly learning, bringing in new positive information like the the event the other night, the people that attended. We all were enriched by other people's stories and about that connection that we had you know, that the friendship, the community, it was all very powerful. And, that, and that's a, a very positive way to change your life is through the power of love, community, friendship, collaboration, and so forth. I, I fully agree with you. And I, I think consciously or otherwise, we tend to model some of our own behaviors after people that we admire. So, let me ask you, who, who would you model or, or amplify or reflect 
in that you admire? Who is someone that you look up to that you are trying to amplify or maybe integrate those skills into who you are as a person, a speaker, a coach? And they can be living or already passed away. Who would that person be and why? I would say Mother Teresa. Um, I can remember ordering, I think it was uh, VHS or 8-track. That was a long time ago. (laughs) And I was very young, and I ordered the, uh, it was an 8-track or VHS or something like that about Mother Teresa's life. And what I found so beautiful about her is that she did not need things to make her happy, that she totally gave her life over to God. Everything she did was to serve God. And she always was reaching out to people that society had forgotten about. And, you know, the people that lived through the worst poverty, um, didn't have anything in their life. For, and she, she went there to be with them to make sure that they died with dignity. And, you know, and I think that's uh, a message as well in the Kinata theory is that we all come from different backgrounds. We've had different experiences. And working in policing for 24 years, I've seen probably the worst things that people could ever imagine uh, could happen. And that's, that's something we see on a regular basis. And and people that we have in custody, and I think, how, you know, how did they turn out to be like that? But then I say Charlene, because of the environment in most parts, uh, they grew up in, and some of these people come from homes where there was, you know, no love, no connection. You know, there could have been, you know, parents that are addicted or there's a life of crime. You know, there could have been physical abuse, all, all sorts of abuse. So that's where that, that child is absorbing. So we always have to be mindful of every person that we meet on this earth is that we've all had different experiences and who are we to judge? Who are we to say, you know, you're, you're, you're nothing, you're not good enough, you're just a drug addict, that, that's wrong. We need to look through the eyes of love and how we can lift this person and, you know, give them a better life and give them new experiences. You know, they, you can't erase things that have happened in your life, my life, their life, but we can add better things today. We can look through a new perspective. We can get out there and get involved in our community, you know, helping out at food banks, helping out at community events, you know, having fundraisers. I had a fundraiser two years ago to help a young man get into a rehab program. And that's an, this is how God works. Um, that night, we had about 80 people. We just had a little karaoke, because I love karaoke and singing, of course. And uh, all his friends, family. And we had about 80 people in a little hall here in, in Chatham. And he just sat there in disbelief. His name was Chris. And he was, uh, you know, near death. He was suicidal. He just said, what's the point? He was addicted to oxys. And uh, he just sat there, and he... 
he didn't understand why would all these people be doing this for me? You know, I've been told my whole life I'm bad, I'm a drug addict, I'm this, I'm that. And these people are here tonight because of me. And he told me that. And I said, Chris, we're here to support you, to love you and show you that there's a different way of life. And he ended up going to Teen Challenge and he completed the program and uh, he graduated. And uh, shortly thereafter, he got into trouble again because he came back to the same um, same place with the same people. And you got to remember, if we want to change our life, we have to surround ourselves with the right people and right situations. So he went back to old, familiar people. Ended up, he uh, called me one night. He was uh, suicidal. And uh, this is when I was going through all the stuff I went through. And I said, just stay there. I'm going to get you a ride to rehab. And then I ended up getting him back in a teen challenge. He went back again. And, and sometimes it takes, you know, seven, eight times for a person to get through an addiction, right? They aren't going to, you know, automatically be cured on the first visit. So he ended up going back, and uh, he did phenomenally well. And now he's, he's been drug-free for six, seven years, and he's doing so well. And back to the question about my mentor, because she loved everyone, like just like you know, God loves us, and there was no judgment. There was only reaching a helping hand to extend to people, you know, that uh, life goes beyond the things that we see. Life is within our spirit and within our heart and within our, our, our the things that we do. Absolutely, and I, I think you really touched upon a key point there, and it's not our place to judge. It's not our place to know, you know, where people have walked and the experiences they've had. I, I was asked during your show last week who one of my mentors was and, and mother Teresa is one of mine. And, and, and what I love about her is that she's a quiet leader and she just did what she did. And it was just a constant for her and she didn't need, you know, any bells, any whistles, any, any credit. It was just who she was on a deep level. So mm-hmm. in talking about some of the things that you've gone through and even the gentleman that you've helped, and I know you've helped numerous people, I, I do believe that resilient individuals have some common characteristics. And I know that you're resilient and I know some of the things that you have gone through. What would you say are some of the characteristics for a person to become resilient and, and rise above what has happened to them to move forward? I would say to be consciously aware of your thoughts. Because we can be our worst enemies, our own worst enemies, by recycling uh, playing and then rewinding and playing and rewinding the same story over and over and over in our mind to the point where we get stuck. So we have to recognize that those, again, are subconscious beliefs or behaviors. So you consciously have to step in and say, okay, as long as I keep you know, putting this thing around in my head over and over and over, it's not going to change what has happened. So I have to look at it from 
a different view now. You accept acceptance. Then you say, how do I move forward from today? What are the things that I need to do to be healthy today? And another thing would be, um, you know, sometimes people go back to familiar things because it's comfortable and it doesn't take any effort. And it does take a lot of effort to change. It's not easy. But when we change in the direction of something that's going to um, help us mentally, spiritually, emotionally, or physically, that's the right way to be, to be headed down that road. So it does take effort. Nothing comes easy. But it's, it's better to say that I tried and, you know, I'm not going to ex- accept the status quo or I'm not going to say, you know, it's normal to have this type of behavior because sometimes society makes certain things acceptable or normal. So we have to look within ourselves and say, what, what is it that I truly feel is right? So if you're uh, in contradiction to something that is not resonating with your spirit, then your body's going to tell you. You're, you're going to experience pain. You may get headaches, sickness. You may feel out of sorts sometimes. Or just that little voice inside of you may say, you know, this just isn't right. So you have to constantly listen to that inner voice and put yourself in, in healthy places and spaces and continuously absorb positive things and surround yourself with positive people. And isolation is not a good thing either. Sometimes when people get down, um, you know, they just feel, well, I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to, I'm just going to stay inside. Sometimes we need that downtime, but it's not good to be isolated, especially if a person's going through, you know, addiction or anything like that. Um, sometimes we've heard many stories about just one word or one sentence that is, has totally changed a person's life. And I had that experience last fall where, you know, we had a guest speaker at a CAPS event and, and talking to him about his past experience within two minutes changed my life. And we... And that, again, I believe that's the universe lining up because I had a, a, a big disappointment last fall where someone I was with was cheating on me. And I was devastated. But I, I could have chose to continue to focus on that. I could have chose to condemn him. I could have chose to be mean and say bad things. But I chose instead to forgive because I believe the universe is always testing us. What are you going to do with this situation, Charlene? What are you going to do with this situation, Deb? Are you going to look at it from a new perspective? I I, I always believe we're being watched. So I, I want to show the higher power or God, the universe, that I'm going to do the right thing because I know that this person came from a very unhealthy past and that his subconscious mind was so powerful, even though he tried to change, and I'm sure the inner desire was to have health and happiness, but he was fighting so many demons. And obviously that's not a, some people say, well, he had a choice. Yes, we all have choices. Every single day we have choices. So it's really, really hard to get past certain behaviors and addictions, 
unless we put a conscious effort into it every day. It all starts with the mind and connecting on a spiritual level with yourself. Talk to yourself. Talk to your spirit and say, I'm not going to let you down this time. I'm making a commitment today that I'm going to change this behavior and I'm going to stick by it. Because if we continue to let our spirit down, this is where we develop uh, low self-esteem. Because our spirit just basically says, yeah, right, again, really? So you have to show your spirit that you're serious and you're going to follow through. And every little win that we have is going to build that the self-esteem and, and build that spirit back up. Yeah, way to go. Way to go, Deb. Way to go, Charlene. Those little wins all amount to stepping in the right direction. And one of the things that I tell people is to, if you are stepping in line with your passion and your purpose, keep your feet moving and the universe is going to walk with you. The universe is going to open doors. It's going to uh, have you meet the right people like Deb Crow, you know, Jim Lutz, Jim Britt, and all these wonderful people. This is how the universe works when we're in alignment with our purpose and that we're doing the truthful and, and right thing. And, and I read a book, and in that book it talks about truth. So when we're making a decision in our life, we have to ask ourselves, what is the truth? Not what I would like it to be, what it could be, or the potential of this person to change, you have to look at the face value about that particular situation and what the truth is. And sometimes our emotions or heart want to, you know, have it be something else or have very wishful thinking when we should really listen to, you know, that inner voice as well. And that voice will speak loudly. Oh, it will. And I always joke uh, with my colleagues and my friends to say you can't get to the rainbow until you go through the shit storm. And I think, you know, I think when we fall on our knees and embrace our greatest failures, I think it reveals many things about us. First of all, if we can actually consider it to be a failure and hey, maybe it's the biggest one yet. But secondly, how we coped with that failure and how we, you know, my kids call me the queen of getting back up. Why do you get back up? You, you fall seven yeah. times and you still get back up. So what has been your greatest failure? Mm, my greatest failure. I would say not listening to my intuition when it was the universe was literally slapping me up the side of the head with a stop sign. And Charmaine said, I can fix this. I can make it better. But in essence, when you're dealing with a very dysfunctional, unhealthy environment, sometimes it's outside of us to be able to help these people in that situation. So sometimes we get, we get, you know, dragged into that situation and it becomes very toxic to us. So certain people need to see 
psychologists or different professionals within a field that you can't be a counselor to everyone. And uh, I feel that when my intuition, my, you know, the signs are all there, but we become blinded, you know, by, by the illusion of love. When we really need to be very focused on listening to our intuition, listen to your friends and family, you know, run, Charlene, run. But I believe whatever happened in the end was meant to be, and it was a learning experience, and that everything that is a failure is an opportunity to grow. It's, it's a learning step. And when we are given these situations, we can choose to learn and grow, or we can stay in there, in that space of failure or victimization. Or we can use it to empower other people to change our lives, to, to spend time learning and growing and changing and putting a new step forward and just forgiving, forgiving other people, forgiving yourself. Sometimes we can be very, very hard on ourselves. You know, especially people that are going through... Um, habitual patterns or addiction really needs a lot of love and support. And it's very important uh, for them to have connections, have resources, uh, professionals to help them, you know, to have a healthy environment, food, clothing, shelter, all these things that should be within the community to support a person going through these experiences is very, very, I think that's how we're going to change communities is taking these, you know, taking the people that are struggling the most within our society and giving them all of the elements of success. And, and there's a lot of studies that have been done that prove that having a healthy community, love and connection can change people. It, it's been proven over and over. Their environment is so, so powerful. Oh, I agree. And not, you know, auditing yourself at the end of every task or project or the end of every day to self-sabotage what you're doing. I think everything we do is part of our journey. And I think, you know, for all the successful people that I spoke to in my life who have been colleagues or I consider to be a mentor, they have more failure stories than you can shake a stick at. And there is not one successful person on this planet who cannot talk about their failures. And I truly believe, including myself, you do not become successful until you can fail and rise above and really stand and look at yourself in the mirror to think, what did I learn yeah. Who 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 loved me, you know, when I was in the trenches and look and have a really awesome belly laugh because truly if you can laugh at yourself, you can get through anything. And I think regardless of yeah. what happens, as long as you learn something new from it and you've got good people around you who keep you motivated and pick you up and love you. Um, I think to laugh just makes us feel normal. I know what it does chemically in the brain by releasing endorphins, but to me, the way I 
that and and kind of process it in my own mind is it was such a day worth having and it's now a fond memory that's going to bring me laughter, awareness, and it's brought me up another rung on the ladder of success. Absolutely. I agree. I agree hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah. what is on, I know your book is October 11th and I won't forget that because I met your lovely father at the event and he shares his birthday, October 11th with my youngest daughter. So that, that is not even a mnemonic for me. That's etched in my frontal lobe that that is the launch day. Do you have anything yes, else awesome? in between now and October 11th? I know you've got speaking engagements. Can you let our listeners know and provide us with your website and what, what else you've got on the uh, agenda for 2017? Well, this it's going to be a busy summer because my my daughter is getting married and uh, we're having the, 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 the church ceremony here in Canada. So um, a lot of uh, the her German husband, they're already married in Germany, but they do the, they're going to have the Catholic ceremony here in, uh, in uh, Tecumseh. So that, and a lot of Germans are coming, so we're going to be very busy hosting them and having a lot of fun. Um, I have, I'm speaking at the Women's Economic Forum coming up in, at Spagos in Windsor. And that's uh, for men or women, and it's a, an open event on the 25th of April. And uh, to get tickets for that, you would go to uh, wefapril2017.eventbrite.ca. So it's the Women's Economic Forum, april2017.eventbrite.ca. And uh, I'll also be um, speaking at a... A private event uh, coming in October and uh, continuing to finish the editing on my book and uh, Anita Agers Brooks is uh, doing the editing so she's been sending it back to me and I'm reworking some things so that's going to be very busy and I appreciate all her help and I can see where it's gonna you know put the polish on it and as far as more events, I'm getting a lot more um, people coming forward asking about different opportunities. And I know for sure that I'll be doing something with you again, Deb. <laughs> and uh, also, uh, Dean Lano Collier, he was at uh, our, our event, and wasn't he a ball of fire? So he had everybody up laughing, dancing, smiling, and uh, he was definitely the, part, the party starter and so much energy. So... I'm sure something will come up with him and all the other people that we, we work with, with Sharon and uh, Cheryl Campbell Raymond. And uh, people need to get or would like to get a hold of me. My website is charlenereno.com, C H A R L E N E R E N A U D.com, or info at charlenereno.com. Well, I want to wish you the best on your book launch, and I'm sure I'm going to be there. And oh, yes. I, I, I know uh, there's many other co-authors in Ontario that we will probably 
collaborate with Ellie Borden out of Toronto, Maggie Slider out of Toronto, Pam Hamilton out of Woodstock. And I know we're waiting for Sally K. Miller to uh, come back from Florida to Michigan and uh, we will get together with her for a lunch. So I just want to say it's, it's an honor to know you as a uh, co-author and colleague in the change. And it's more of a privilege to be your friend and I just really enjoyed watching you on the stage last week, and I love sharing the stage, and I, I look forward to the next collaboration uh, that we do, because I think that we're both strong women who have great communication skills, and we love to share a message, and our commonality, I think, is just our faith and love for people, and bringing out uh-huh. and inspiring others, so I, I want to say kudos to you, my friend, and, and I look forward to your book, and, and thank you for spending time with me on the Change Book Radio Show tonight. Thank you, Deb. It's an absolute honor, and uh, great things are coming, and you do an awesome job as the, the hostess of the show. Congratulations. Well, it's my privilege, and again, Charlene Renault, everyone. Book 12 from the Change Book series. So I'm sure you'll be hearing lots more from her in the future. Thanks for spending time with us, Charlene, and uh, we'll be watching you soon. Just another inspiring interview with Charlene Renault, and it just it leads me to think of a quote that I saw today that really resonated with me. And on my social media platforms, if it were changed, there'd be no butterflies. And when I think of the change book series and the amount of authors that have contributed and continue to join our community, it amazes me that the brilliance and level of talent that we have in over 25 countries now. So I want to leave you with a few questions and think about over the next week before I'm back with you next Wednesday and I'm excited to be back on 26 with Ellen Witch for six and to be in the interview he is an amazing person he is also a colleague and a friend so get yourself a piece of paper and a pen And I want you to write down the word perspective. And I'd like you to write down the following three questions to ponder and ask yourself over the next week. So here's question number one. If you weren't scared, what would you do? So there's an interesting analogy. They say to use the rocking chair test. So what would your 90-year-old self look back on your life and advise you to do right now in this moment? The second question is, if you were dying, would you worry about this? I volunteer every other week at hospice. I see people easily lose perspective on what takes up their energy and focus. We're all done. And sometimes I think we need to remind ourselves to enjoy living. 
And the last question that I have for you is, should you be focused on today or tomorrow? I want you to savor the present, but I don't want you to forget about tomorrow, your future. My favorite topic is work-life balance. And you all know that life is balance. And it's a balance of knowing when to enjoy the moment versus when you need to plant the seeds for tomorrow's harvest. So I want to thank you for spending the last hour with me tonight on the Change Book Radio Show. We've got some exciting changes coming up in the works that I'm going to talk about starting next week. And I want to thank my guest, Charlene Renault from Chatham, Ontario, who is in Book 12, author, speaker, coach, and the author of her book coming out in October of this year, The Pinata Theory. Thanks for joining me, and I wish everybody a great week. I'll see you back here next week on Wednesday, April the 26th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and have a great week.